0: Nikki, hey Selena. Let me tell you that I almost called you Alexa.
1: Oh, because <laughs> be Alexa
0: downstairs. I can't I'm decide. Like, hey Alexa,
1: <laughs> if that says something about me or something about her, I think it says something about me. <laughs> <laughs> if i'm like so i'm thinking like if i'm close enough to your heart that you think of me as alexa because alexa is like our right hand person you know what i mean our right hand computer
0: i think you're already overthinking it
1: i think my brain is broken <laughs> and i was
0: going to see if you could switch on the lights i'm fair like enough. can you uh, switch on switch on the lights to turn on some music fair enough um so yeah uh, the only deep read is i need some sleep and so on that note, I thought today, like I was like, you know, we've talked uh, offline several times. It's just it was just a week. It was just a week, y'all. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like sometimes we gotta get on here and we gotta speak the truth. I mean, I speak the truth all the time. I think you speak the truth all the time, but sometimes you gotta I'm I'm lie. Lying. Lying. Every lying time, time I come on here, I'm lying. She's lying, lying, lying. No, but like sometimes I just feel like you gotta like be honest about like um, not honest, speak your heart, you know. Be authentic. But, like, not to get on here every time and be like, hey, picnics. No, I'm tired. I'm, t- I'm dog tired. We just had a picnic, and I'm also tired. I am tired, tired from fall. the food.
1: It was maybe good. It was turkey. It was
0: good. That's right, y'all. We had some smoked turkey. It was wonderful.
1: Trip to fan. <clears throat> yeah, it's
0: a real thing, maybe. I don't know. So, what I was going to say is, like, in thinking about, like, coming off of the um, our recording day, I've been thinking, like, what can I do to, like, just relax for a little bit because I feel like for at least the last five weeks I've been in just a dead heat you know just Mm. rushing around and so I was like trying to figure out what I want to do to relax and so I thought you know to kick off today's let's just let's talk about like what relaxes us Mm. maybe I can get some good ideas from you like, no, maybe you can get some good ideas from me. Maybe, maybe, you know, it's, crazy. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I think relaxing is an art. It, I think it really is. I think it requires you to be okay, not doing and just being. And I think that is, I don't know that I realized until the last maybe six months or so that I really struggle to just be instead of do. Like, I thought I was always sort of just staying ahead of things. Like, this is just what you have to do. But, like, it's okay sometimes for you to just sit and be. And not even have your phone in front of you. Not even have the TV on. Like, just sit and be. Maybe, maybe read a book. But otherwise, like, I sat on the porch last night and just sat. I just sat. That's nice. That's nice.
0: No book, no shield, no nothing. Just you and the... No,
1: I pulled my phone out toward the end because I realized my time was drawing... Close and I had to go put kids to bed, so I pulled my phone out just to kind of check in on some things. But yeah, I just kind of sat out there and just. just, Yesterday was nice. It's quiet.
0: Well, there's you know, I mean, I'd say for like the last six years or more, mindful has been like just a word that's a buzzword and very much so, like more and more ingrained, I think, in the culture. And 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 I think the two are kind of similar, you know. Mm Um, and I do think if your to-do list is long and you have a lot going on, it, it just sometimes feels like more difficult to get into the right headspace,
1: mm-hmm. or you feel like you're going to like take it on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like if yes. I don't do this thing now, I'm just going to have to do it later.
0: You literally just like describe my every moment thought process. Like I just, yeah. I, I, I hate the creep,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, of, of, you know, chores or whatever. And it does feel like if you don't have the work list running in your head and you got the home list or like, you know, or sometimes I'll catch myself like I get really anxious like as I'm waking up, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't, it's a special treat to wake up. Some days I'll be like, and my parents are getting
1: older and and I'm Um, like, oh, okay, pump the brakes, you know. I force myself in those moments to breathe, breathe deeply and remember that I'm still in my, sleeping feels like my safe space. It feels like more or less the place no one's going to, no one needs anything from me. The ultimate relaxation. Exactly. And so when I wake up first thing in the morning, I've been forcing myself the last couple of weeks to just lay there for maybe just a minute and just breathe really slowly and then kind of prioritize what I need to do
0: see you think you're not going to be able to give me any tips and you know what I do as soon as I wake up I drink a full glass of water very quickly check a couple of things on my phone go right in and like just get started with the day like immediately mm-hmm. I don't take not one second I
1: think some of it comes from fear of like falling back asleep oh mm-hmm. I'd say I don't worry about that mm-hmm I don't worry the, well, the longer I'm awake, like once I've committed to be awake, I'm awake Mm -hmm. because I really, I will start thinking about things. And once I've started thinking like there's no, but I just don't like starting my day with that feeling that you're describing, that feeling of like, oh my God, I only have, you know, 18 more hours before the day's over and I've got to do all these things. So I've been forcing myself to slow down and breathe and think about what are the true priority things that have to get done today? What's the thing that can get done tomorrow? Try not to think about my parents getting older or <laughs> my kids going off to school. Um, so I, I do think that helps start the day, and literally can just be a minute.
0: Well, I do think about something that I've heard you say before, and and on the show, but off the sh- off of like um, Mike as well. But is this idea of like needing to get out of your house in order to relax? Yeah. Um. Because That's very true. Yeah. Because it's like the dryer's calling, or you're thinking about those three things that you put off or. The fact that you found out this week that a woodpecker has pecked a hole into your <gasps> chimney.
1: Oh, no, I think we're going to have that problem soon, too. Yeah. My and we wouldn't have even just noticed. That.
0: That the neighbors told us.
1: Good grief. We're,
0: so this part of the is fenced off. We don't really ever have a reason right. to go in that side. And so, um, or we just go right out our back door and- I try to be really cautious, too, speaking of anti-relaxing things, of, like, going and looking for problems. Sure. I don't want careful about doing that. But you I know will. what? You don't have to look for them. They'll come find you. They'll find you. They'll find you. Um, I'd like to say that, like, maybe um, what, what I wanted to share and just get your thoughts on this is, like, I think in my mind, I'm like laying down on the couch and watching TV is relaxing, but I don't know it is. I think that is more like me in zombie mode, you know? Yeah, that's right. And like trying to figure out how to break out of that, because that's almost more habitual at this point. Um, it's, a, it's just a really tough exercise. So I thought maybe we could talk about it.
1: I think that's true. I think... I've, I've had afternoons where, like, my kids will be with the grandparents or something. And I'll think, well, if I can just lay on the couch for one hour, then I'll be fine. Then that hour ends. And I'm like, one, I don't want to move. And then two, now I'm thinking, I just wasted a whole bunch of time. I don't feel full. I don't feel like my heart is full or anything. So I will say, I love going for a walk. Mm-hmm. Like, if, um, If it's an afternoon where, um, you know, my kids still do like a little bit of a quiet time in their room. So my husband's always like, just go for a walk, leave the house, go walk for an hour. When I come back, I feel like I just did something for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just took some time to myself, whether it's listening to a podcast I love or just sometimes I've started walking just with nothing, which is wild, no sound or anything, just hearing nature. Very relaxing. It's very nice. But I also really love, I have a hammock. I haven't done this in like a year. But I used to lay the hammock or set the hammock up downstairs in our backyard and lay out there with a book. That is very relaxing to me. Because after an hour, like I'm happy to stand up and move around. I don't feel like that zombie mode you just described. Yeah. Unless, of course, it's a great book and I just don't want to put it down. But I feel kind of rested. I feel kind of like, okay, let's go do the next thing. Um, and then I love to take a bath. I love a bath. I force myself to do it like once a week, sometimes just on Thursday night. It's a nice way to sort of start spiraling down toward the weekend. Other times, like this Thursday, I've been putting kids to bed and falling asleep, putting them to bed. This has been a problem for a while, but every couple of weeks I can force myself to like wake back up and go get in the bath or whatever. But this week I fell asleep and I didn't do it, either doing it then or doing it like on Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. I love to be like fully bathed and ready to go by like dinner time on Sunday evening so I can just do nothing the rest of the day nothingness is really the goal I think nothingness but not in a passive way mm-hmm. nothingness in I just like like you said zoning out to the tv zoning out to my computer like I want to just be yeah I don't know relaxation is really challenging It is. that's why I like to go on vacation and go to like an all-inclusive the other thing is going to like an all-inclusive resort because then you don't even have to think about dinner you don't have to think about food you don't think have to think about the next thing you're going to do it's all just there That's you just true. go from one place to the next
0: the cruise was really relaxing mm-hmm. i can't i
1: cannot argue that the most relaxed i think i've almost nearly ever been in my life was on a cruise ship i don't think i told this story here the cruise ship we were on had a glass roof over the pool and they would retract it on really nice days. Mm-hmm. All the other seats on the deck were taken that day except the seats that were under the glass roof that had been retracted because there wasn't a ton of airflow through there so I guess nobody wanted to sit there. It was kind of a little bit greenhousey and hot. Yep. I don't think I slept longer than 10 minutes that day. I still think about the quality of that sleep and that was like 10 years ago. I wow. still think about that. It was so relaxing. That's nice.
0: Nice. Spas, that's a way to relax. It's a little bit more expensive. I'm sitting there, like dollar signs are going through my head. I'm like, "Uh." but I will say, like, it's not like something I do a lot. I've been, like, not even a handful of times in my life. But, um, you know, I did go ahead and do that as, like, my special treat when we went on our anniversary trip this year. Nope, last year. And that is The most relaxed I have ever been. Mm -hmm. And normally massages don't really relax me that much. Like Mm -hmm. it's fine, but I always feel like a little uncomfortable. Oh. Um, I never fall asleep. I was out like a light. Maybe some of that's age.
1: That's nice. (laughs) I love to fall asleep getting a massage. I'm embarrassed because I twitch as I'm falling asleep. Same. Um, And so I've definitely twitched myself awake. And it's embarrassing. But they know that's what they're there for. They're trying to do that to you. Yeah.
0: I mean, it'd be more embarrassing if, like, a body part was exposed if you twitched <laughs> or you tooted <laughs> or burped. I don't, I wouldn't even care about the burp, but if I, if I had a little toot escape, I think I might oh crawl God. under the, oh my God, under the massage table. That would be so embarrassing. Yeah. Even though I don't care if it happens to anybody else, it's just me.
1: Yeah. That is so embarrassing. I've thought about that at the um, gynecologist before, like how horrible that would be. Right. What a nightmare. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite of relaxing, this conversation. My bad,
0: my bad. (laughs) Well, I don't have a good transition, but um, do you want to go ahead and skip on
1: down to talk about episode 18? You want to know what was relaxed in episode 18? I I do, yes. The electrician's waistband. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this is Designing Women, season four, episode 18, Anthony and Vanessa. Uh, The designingwomenonline.net description is Anthony gets airheaded Vanessa a temporary job at Sugar Bakers, where Suzanne coaches her on techniques to win Anthony away from his pushy girlfriend Lita. Meanwhile, Mary Jo and Charlene wonder why Rusty the electrician wears his pants so low, and Suzanne turns in Charlene's baby nurse to Unsolved Mysteries as a con artist and a counterfeiter. Airdate February 5th, 1990. We're calling this one My Fair Vanessa. It was written by LBT and directed by David Trainer. That's the longest description I think I recall in our, in our history. It was very long. And uh, I remember reading this maybe earlier this week and being struck by the fact that the electrician storyline was such was so prominent in this episode that it made it into the description. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. That was just a lot. The other thing that I'll say before we even start talking is I also tried, before we we get into like general reactions (laughs) and all that, I really tried to figure out when these episodes were recorded and aired because something is feeling um, weird to me about the chronology and the order. And this may have been more relevant to episode 16, but I do think several of the episodes in this last little batch were recorded and aired differently than in the order in which they were recorded. And I think it was this unsolved mystery storyline on this one. It felt detached from the previous sure. unsolved yeah. mysteries. So, so something just felt out of order to me, but I wasn't able to find record dates on every single episode. So I I don't know. It was a it was a partially formed thought.
0: Yeah, no, I think I you're right though. Something definitely got Thank gone. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea, actually. <laughs> um, but you're right, though. Like, I I don't I'm not sure I want to walk everybody through my mind process right now. But I think when you did your unsolved mysteries thing, that would have been episode 15. We're now on 18. That's right. And it's like
1: it's like backwards or something. That's right. Yeah. And I think some of it was done yeah. to accommodate job. Gene Smart's pregnancy Absolutely. because where I think where it all really started for me was trying to figure out how many episodes she actually got off to have her baby. And I think I, I had started an exercise somewhere in my show notes, maybe for episode 16, but it might have even been 15. I think I started trying to piece it together, but I couldn't find any reputable source that included the taping date for every single episode. Uh, And then I would have had to back walk with what we actually saw of her in other episodes. And it just, it became more than anyone listening to the show even cares, except to vaguely make the point that I just think this, this season more than season one, which we talked about ad nauseum in season Mm -hmm. one, I think, I think there was a lot of recording and airing out of order.
0: What an exercise that must be if you like... Need to accommodate whatever's going on in a star's life. And then suddenly you're like trying to work it back.
1: It's like backing into the parking space. Exactly. Times 10. Right. I, I mean, I think all the time, like how, what an incredible exercise to get these episodes written and recorded and aired all in like a week or two weeks time. I know. Like the exercise we're having right now, trying to bang these three episodes out after recording last weekend as well. It really makes me feel lesser than... But this was also their full time job, and there was a whole staff of people working on it. So, yeah, I mean, where's our staff? I thought you were hiring them.
0: Sometimes I hear about, like, oh, what was it? Maybe I'm, oh, I'm still on that Southern Charm. And one of the girls who's on it now is an influencer, and she was like, um, talking about how hard it is. And she was like, I mean, my production assistant, my this, and my that. And I was like, I just,
1: it's just a two-person team over here. I'm- Our producer Kyle the other day suggested Southern Charm as a show for us to cover on here because he I watched it. No, I was telling him about how we've been having this sort of off-air conversation about what to do next. What's next yeah, um, and so and we heard from a listener recently with some suggestions and food for thought. And so I was telling Kyle about all that. And so he asked artificial intelligence what we should cover next. And she brought back a list. And so like as you ask additional questions, it further streamlines the responses she's giving you. So he was able to specify shows about the South, shows about with predominantly female leads and this that and the other made all these specifications and he got he said something like have you guys considered this show southern charm have you ever heard of that and i was like oh my god selena's watching that right now i'm not sure i could watch it in the depth needed to talk about it
0: <laughs> it's more like i think it would be like we watch the series and then we talk about it yeah you know who our favorite characters so just were you know when you're able to catch up on
1: eight seasons. Right on top of that, Rose. I know it. General reactions. Can I ask you a question first? Absolutely. What are we doing? (laughs) We're on uh, Designing Women Season 4, Episode 18. Got it. Uh, We had a conversation in Episode 13 and I think one of your pieces of feedback about that storyline was about Vanessa and some of what you felt like were some possibly layered stereotypes that they were putting on her character, mm-hmm. um, and that some of them you were a little, I think, uncomfortable with, or some you just didn't, you weren't quite sure what I you thought. You a just bit. something was bristling for you. Mm-hmm. So I was curious. I know you had seen this episode before you saw that one, but on your most recent rewatch of this episode, did any of that change for you or did it make you even more uncomfortable? This
0: morning I watched it again in preparation for today because I watched the this batch of episodes quite a bit ago and I really needed a refresh and Actually, one of the things that I thought while I was watching it, again, it's just cute as I think she is, and as much as I like her, just because she, I think probably the actor in real life is very charming. I think what she's able to do with this character is pretty impressive, given that it's not, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's the best written character, to be honest. Um, I was wondering, like, if she was, I'm wondering, um, if she was delivering some of these lines, like, um, like, what an actor thinks, you know, like, did she feel good about, like, was she like, mm. oh, wonderful, mm. you know, I mean, I think, I think that's how some of it was landing for me a little bit, especially the ones where, like, they so this episode is trying to, in some ways, make the point, Vanessa is very smart. There are different types of intelligence. Right. You know, they're not all the same. Um, I think we encounter that a lot with Suzanne. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times she seems like maybe she's not quite as intelligent as someone like Julia. But she'll say the most astute thing on the entire show. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, and in this case, they did it with like the handyman example and the tools, you know, dragging down the pants. and Oh, we never thought of that before. I mean... So I get that, but a lot of times they are having her say these things that are like I don't what I don't know if it's like airheaded maybe, um, and or and just like ignorant. And like, after she says like the 12th thing, I wonder if she's like, okay, i just, yeah. you know, I, I think, it, so I didn't, um, I don't know, I was, I think I'm just used to
1: it now, but I definitely was thinking if she was like,
0: so glad I took this role. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. There were some, yeah, there were definitely some lines that I thought were kind of silly. I feel like, and I, I mentioned this when you brought it up in episode 13, that um, I feel like they were just trying really hard in a short period of time to make a very distinct Distinction between Lita and Vanessa. I thought that was a great observation, and so I, th- I think they just went as far as they could, so it would just gets you right in the face. So it didn't bother me that much. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the stereotypes?
0: Well, I wanted to say one thing that just like because this is I don't I don't have a lot of general reactions, so this is one of mine, and it kind of feeds into this conversation. Like, I think it was also the reaction towards the beginning to her was just like uh, it. I was just annoyed with like the characters that we're supposed to love. I you know, I thought that I mean, I get that Vanessa's not exactly coming off like a Grace Kelly type, you know. Um, but they it just felt like they were aggressively rude in a couple of situations.
1: In this episode. Yes. Okay.
0: So Julia asking if she knew the months of the year. Do you even know the months of the oh, year? Like I, yeah. like I was like, really? What but then they gave her like and that's what it's somehow about some of these lines just being like terrible where she said the thing about february like february i know a lot of people get that one wrong and i'm like what so okay and then suzanne commenting on her clothes like i get it wasn't the most work appropriate outfit but you guys also work in the house so calm down it's so different these days isn't it (laughs) we all work in the house selena's barely dressed if i ever get pants on it's a really (laughs) stand-up
1: wednesday you know what i'm
0: saying
1: that's an interesting point i did not i I don't think I processed it that way because I was processing their reaction through the lens of Anthony being frustrated with her. Oh, uh-huh. But I think that's actually out of order if I think about it. So I think I was giving them a pass, maybe unfairly. Do you have a favorite girlfriend, Lita or Vanessa? <laughs> yeah, Vanessa. Okay. Okay, good. We can keep talking. Uh, oh, well, thank goodness. <laughs> She's still better than Lita. Mm-hmm. She's still better.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I genuinely like her.
1: I okay. really do. I think I, th- I mean
0: help. I just I, I just feel like she was underserved. Okay. In the writing a little bit. Um do you are you do do you have You a ready under- for strace? Well, I have one more general. Okay. So I just wanted to say in in general, I'm a sucker for any makeover plot. And the one thing I really wish we had gotten was like some kind of montage with Suzanne and Vanessa shopping. And like whatever lessons Suzanne gave her to walk and talk the way she did at the end of the episode. Like I wanted to see that. And actually that's not a device the show really uses is the montage.
1: I, I love a montage. The
0: What's that I said
1: I think it's for the best. I oh, a montage have. feels gee, it would have felt perfectly in its place in nineteen ninety though. It always feels very dated to me.
0: Montages? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I love montages. Oh.
0: When, when well, used appropriately, they really sing. Oh. Yeah, I don't think about that as a dated thing at all. Oh.
1: I imagine like the, um. oh, there's one in Clueless, and it's just a very. Oh, where they're making her over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a series of, and I think we saw, obviously, I think we saw one in Pretty Woman. It just feels like one that just is of a certain. era Era? and time Mm -hmm. i mean it is definitely a
0: device that's still used today Mm -hmm. um but like uh and maybe that's why i wanted a montage so much is because you just named two makeover scenes Mm -hmm. so maybe i'm
1: you know what's funny and i was gonna that
0: probably was a montage too it's been too long since i've seen it
1: I was going to save this for later uh, for my likes, but because you're bringing up her appearance, one of the things actually that I liked about this episode was that it wasn't really solely about her appearance that Anthony was on the fence about her. So like the women took it upon themselves to change her appearance a little bit. But one of the things I hate about this sort of like um, she's all, that's a perfect example, how they just pull her hair out of a ponytail and she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, they Come took the glasses on. off too. Yeah. Oh, right. You're right. And they took the paint splattered overalls off that's as well. Right. But like that's, I hate that. I hate that approach where mm-hmm. it's just like you take a beautiful girl, make her ugly, I'm putting that in quotes, and then make her unugly. ugly I'm putting that in quotes. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that Anthony was on the fence about much bigger issues. He was on the fence about this like, entire life crisis he's having, which is where do I want to fit in life and what kind of person do I want to be? I know I don't want to be the person I used to be. So who is this person I want to be now? Does Vanessa help that, hurt that? What about Lita, help that, hurt that? And I appreciated that it was it was so much more than just the way she looks. The women made it about that, mm-hmm. but that wasn't what it was about for Anthony.
0: Well, it's like the looks and the demeanor. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to change all of that or Suzanne did. Because I mean, like Suzanne wanted to make a mini me. Uh-huh. You know, she likes doing. that. She likes doing that. I have to say, while we're talking about them changing her appearance, when the way that they did her hair when she came in, I thought she was like in a powdered wig. I didn't understand that at all. Oh, I I, I thought, and it looked like I was like, what were they age or It mm-hmm. looked like gray, and I was oh, like, which I get is had its trends um, mm-hmm. more recent years, but. And 90, I don't think that was the case. And I just, it might have just been the lighting, the lighting wasn't very good, but mm. I thought it was uh, interesting. And the way it was slicked back, it kind of put me in the mind of
1: like olive oil. Oh, um, so it, it just looked like a rich woman. Like it just looked like a rich woman going, a rich woman going to the business place. You know what I mean? Like... I'm so going to hold a briefcase and go to the business place and yeah. do businessy things. Meet you at it, the receptacle it, or whatever. Right. Yeah. right. That's what it reminded me of. That's funny. Um in Strays, I wanted to mention that um just before Julia cut off the conversation about plumber's crack, which is what I'm calling it. They never actually use that term for reasons I'll get into later, but um, before she cut off that line of conversation, because it was just not Enjoyable to her, there were a couple of cut lines about how it never really happens to executives only businessmen. I mean, only blue collar men. <laughs> now I've got businesswoman in the workplace. <laughs> um, but they basically said like, how does that never happen to a man trying to wear a suit? It's only these guys working in jobs like electrician or whatever. Um, which I just thought was. I think there was an interesting. I think this entire episode was layered in some kind of class working discussion. Class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I started on this line. Um, maybe in the last episode but i want to put a finer point on it i want to talk about whether we have any theories of why they started with mrs philpot who is the nanny yeah. to go to miss constant since constance pine the other nanny who's like in high demand just to return to mrs philpot and especially because they didn't use the unsolved mysteries thing with Suzanne as a reason for her leaving because unsolved mysteries was brought up 2 episodes ago when we first met Mrs. Philpot. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Philpot didn't just say like your coworkers are crazy I'm not hanging around. Um, so I don't understand that. I do understand that they wanted Charlene to have that like funny interaction with Miss Pine mm-hmm. between Suzanne and Miss Pine and then Charlene and Miss Pine but like they could have just done that with Mrs. Philpot. Mm-hmm. Why?
0: yeah i mean i think before so you kind of blew my mind a little bit with like you're always blowing my mind every time you tell me that
1: the uh episodes, <laughs> episodes are aired aired in order hour.
0: like every time it gets me every time this is brand new information <laughs> <laughs> um but i guess because sometimes when stuff like that happens i think my thought is like oh i guess they lost her to another job had to bring back in the other lady
1: that might be true
0: um and and so i think i had had like a very brief passing thought about that and then um today watching them again i i it definitely did strike a chord with me i was like oh we're back to her again
1: it's very confusing
0: oh right. yeah it's, it's hard
1: to keep their names straight and i think tr- honestly i think the only reason i really realized what was happening is because i was trying to look up the uh guest the guest stars mm-hmm. and then i was like oh wait this is the same lady from two episodes ago what's happening Why are we doing this to ourselves? She was running off to uh, film The Goonies. Maybe. Whichever movie she did. I'm I'm
0: trying. I'm trying to remember.
1: There was also a cut line after Vanessa mentioned her switchblade. Let me tell you. She and Suzanne found a little common ground. Yeah. Suzanne asked to see the knife because, quote, I'm interested in weaponry. I have a gun myself. I got... Did she take her gun out and put it on the table because that's when Oh, it, i don't know for
0: whatever reason so i i pulled the line i have a gun myself i got it from a toll-free number on tv i do it all the time and if you keep <laughs> it moving you don't have to pay for it really that's interesting look at their rhinestone handle oh gosh like so she's got it she out, must have pulled it out which might be why they cut that maybe it's oh, like a, maybe it's too aggressive for now it's tasteful know. yeah um but uh because <laughs> that's exactly what my I was like, just questioning. Did
1: she ever gun pulled at the table? She's worried about the woman flossing, flossing her teeth, which maybe okay. would have made it even funnier. Probably because that woman flossing right. her teeth was kind of random.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and maybe that's it's like saying it without saying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see what you're. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like uh, everyone is so upset about that flossing, and I wanted to know, like. Have you what do you I'm sorry I know this is kind of off the cuff I can fill for time if you need me to but is do you have like a weirdest in
1: restaurant experience or the weirdest thing you've seen
0: or anything in that realm.
1: Oh, gosh, uh, not off the top of my head. And actually, I would imagine you have much funnier in restaurant stories than I do.
0: So, I mean, it does feel like a little bit like shooting fish in a barrel because yeah. I worked in a restaurant
1: for like seven years. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's going to be some awkwardness that happens there. You just see like a lot of weird
0: things over the years. and yeah, people probably are, desensitized to it. People are weird. People um, are weird. I think you've probably heard these stories before, so I apologize. But my top two, like the ones, and I don't know for sure that these are the weirdest things that happen to me. Me, but they're the ones that like stay up here in the top of my head for whatever reason one is like i had an eight top so eight people um of all breastfeeding women and they were like all breastfeeding at the exact same time oh wow and it was just a very weird
1: thing to maybe come it up was on. a competition they're trying to see <laughs> who, who could finish first uh
0: <laughs> ah, um, i want to be very clear I have no problem with breastfeeding. It's just Just like eight is a lot all at one time. And I'm 19, so everything that has to do with
1: motherhood, I'm like, uh, you know, oh, this is scary. This is scaring me. And like that, not to make us sound old, but if you were 19, that was kind of a long time ago. And seeing a woman breastfeed in a restaurant in the United States is not... It would have been, it's 04. been a thing of recent years yes. that that's become a lot more accepted, yes. especially, maybe especially in the South. I don't know that I should say especially in the South, but it feels like we were a little slower to adopt than other places.
0: Well, and they put me on the table because they thought that it would be funny to do that to me.
1: So. <laughs> so meanwhile, you started sweating. <sighs> and anyway, I was Show actually. So many babies.
0: (laughs) And after coming off of one of our previous episodes, I was like, well, maybe they're all with La Leche.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it was a La Leche club meeting. It was. I didn't even know. Oh, dang. You could have gotten in on the ground floor.
0: The other one that was the weirdest was. I had a guy come in. I want you to picture, we're going to go back and like, this is also so folks who are fans of designing women don't just listen to us because it was so excellent. Um, going back to the Mary Joe high school reunion, Howard the dud episode. Mm-hmm. I want you to picture him. Can you remember what he looked like? I can. Him? Okay. So a client, co- a client, what? Oh, my. Well, I'm getting there. It's why I think a client came to mind. Just hold on. I had There was a guy who came in. They sat him with me. He came in with two women, beautiful women, flanking him. Uh-oh. Like where he had him like, you know, in the crooks of his elbow, you know, coming in. And then they sat at the table. And when I came over to get their drink order, he said, you give them whatever they want because they've done things for me that no one else <gasps> ever has. And I was like, I mean. Is it your taxes? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, a simple, like, whatever they want <laughs> would have sufficed. Like, I didn't need all of that information. And the second thing that, that hit me is people. I was in this mid-level steakhouse. Is like, if they've done yeah. those kinds of things for you, maybe get them more than a sirloin and the bottom shelf margarita. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, dang. Um, like, maybe take them up to midtown. <laughs> so, I don't know. That, so, that was my two
1: weirdest i had a couple of strays but it feels weird not to segment not to not to transition to a new segment that i want to propose selena Mm. i would love to propose a segment called manners moment with mrs mays is that okay i would love to be a part of that okay hold on hold please To your manners moment with Mrs. Mays. Did you like that? I love so much. The audio quality. The all audio quality brought to you by me recording it really quickly in my closet through my earbuds. I
0: love it. <laughs> it's
1: like in between meetings.
0: You're like also using the bathroom. <laughs> So you can say it wasn't wasted our
1: time. Pretty much. Pretty much. Not <laughs> far from.
0: I actually really like the music, though. That
1: it's, it's nice, right? It's right in
0: my wheelhouse. It's nice.
1: Um, so the whole My Fair Lady vibe of this episode paired with the scene of the ladies in the restaurant got me in the frame of mind of etiquette, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. restaurant etiquette. So while you're touching on restaurants and, like, just the crazy things people do in restaurants, I thought maybe it would make sense to talk about a couple of things that are and are not considered good restaurant etiquette okay i think in a lot of ways etiquette etiquette is kind of irrelevant to a lot of us especially those of us that don't live in like high society and if you're not eating at like really high society type restaurants some of these things are kind of obscure and so it's it becomes a little hard to tell is this still a rule like are we still supposed to be doing these things sure um so What I thought I would do is talk about a couple that are still relevant wherever you're eating and then talk about a couple that are particularly relevant if you're in a fancy place. Okay. And uh, etiquette experts, I want to say this at the top, typically advise that you scale your etiquette to the formality of the restaurant. So again, there are some current manners type rules you should keep in mind, even if you're like mellow mushroom. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But there are some that are a lot more.
0: Did you get any conflicting reports? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Perfect.
1: And I think I I think I noted where they were. More and less blankets got it. Right. So here are five etiquette rules and distinctions for each, depending on whether you're in a formal restaurant or a casual restaurant. So never lift your menu off the table. Have you heard this? Maybe. It's supposed to kind of touch the table. So apparently this one is not relevant if you're in, say, like a mellow mushroom or like a, I don't know that everybody knows what that is, like a chilies. Um, but if you're at a fun- sorry, mellow mushroom and chilies, mellow mushroom, but casual dining. Is that's correct. Talking. Yeah, that's cr- sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. I don't mean anything bad about that. I eat at those restaurants. <laughs> you just wouldn't know my Mexican restaurant down the street, which is really where I go most of the time. Is if I go out, I think it was the pentameter with the chip
0: uh, oh, Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant or like you know a chilies. Yeah, or an Applebee's. Our favorite restaurant. <laughs> or an IHOP. Call us chilies. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> sorry. Cheesecake Factory is kind of fancy. It's a little fancy. Of, I the think... fa- of that caliber restaurant, it's What do you, see? What do you mean me? by that caliber <laughs> restaurant? They can't see my hand motions. Why are you bringing that into
1: this? <laughs> Anywho, apparently if you're at a fine dining restaurant, your menu should always touch the table, even if you have like trouble seeing. I guess you're supposed to just sort of lean closer to it or something. Just like the tip. oh no (laughs) and you have you have a birthday dinner coming up soon some of these tips might be helpful for you need to keep it depending on on where you're going i did i tell you did you end up making a reservation feels relevant to the conversation
0: commander's palace yeah i'm going off your your keep
1: keep your menu on the table Mm -hmm. that is a menu on the table kind of place
0: but like i i i did accidentally make a a disgusting joke but i i meant like yes yes just it doesn't the, have to be
1: flat. On that's the correct. Table. Okay, that's correct. Because then
0: it feels like I'd be like
1: all, yeah, yeah. Y- yeah, and it's like touching your plate and stuff, which also feels like bad manners.
0: I've never thought about it before. I I don't know, like I don't know that I'm ever like picking it up in midair or anything. Yeah, like, I, I love to think about that. Yeah, well, I don't know.
1: Uh, I've never been more
0: embarrassed in my
1: life. <laughs> turning off cell phones at the table. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is where we get into some conflicting things. According to some, though, in a casual dining restaurant, this is an outdated etiquette rule that you can just, like, disregard. I argue, though, I think you should not just have your phone out sitting on a table and then, like, take a phone call, whether you're at Chili's or the Commander's Palace. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I also found something where etiquette experts just generally say, like if you are sitting at a table to eat a meal, you shouldn't have anything unrelated to that meal on the table, which would include obviously a cell phone or your purse. Just don't leave crap sitting on the table. Yeah. Put that in your bucket.
0: Actually, I think what I'm like, what I'm really picking up on is just someone calling you in the first place is what makes you angry.
1: <laughs> why would you do that? And why would you do it at meal time? Um... Utensils. You mentioned this maybe in the last episode, that utensils are notoriously confusing. Just Mm -hmm. all the things in the Victorian era and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently confusing table settings are also super outdated at restaurants. Typically when you sit down, whether you're at a fine dining or dining at a more casual type restaurant, you will today find only the silverware you're going to need for your specific meal. Um, That said, one etiquette rule that I found that is relevant (laughs) That is still relevant if you're in a fancy restaurant or an oyster restaurant, apparently, is that if you, have an, if you don't have an oyster fork and you order oysters and then they don't bring you an oyster fork. So if you end up getting your oysters with no fork, don't ask for one for the love of all things holy, because apparently that would be construed as very rude because the reason they didn't bring you an oyster fork is because you don't need one. They've already done the work for you to separate the oysters from the shell. Do you use a separate type of fork for your oysters at home? I don't eat oysters at home. <laughs> that won't be a problem for me. But apparently, in a restaurant, don't do that.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Mm. I don't eat oysters anymore. Yeah. So yeah.
0: that's solved. <laughs>
1: okay. Irrelevant to you. Um, waiting until everyone is served before you start eating. According to the sources I found, this one is really only relevant in fine dining restaurants or if you're eating in a formal environment, like if you're on a uh, lunch with job co-workers or if you're doing an interview or something. I totally disagree with this this one. I think it is so rude to start eating, with the exception of today's lunch, which I did start eating before you (laughs) sat down. I don't count. I, you do account, but we're at home and That's you were right. working on your plate and I, I don't have a good reason for why I started eating early.
0: you were blocked. There was
1: like a picnic basket. Generally speaking, Flowery I will not start eating probably. before someone else does.
0: Same. I'm really weird about it. I don't care the other way. I don't care what you do. Like, yeah. like it's, it's, you do you, but me, yeah, I know there are times like we'll be out and I just have to, which to me, it feels Southern, like, because it is kind of like, I can't.
1: So when I was in uh, the sorority, if you ate dinner at the house, there was a strict set of etiquette rules and just like rules of eating there that you had to follow. And one of them was that you could not eat until everyone was seated at the table with their food ready to eat. And for whatever reason, that is one that has just stuck with me forever. I just can't do it. Can I bring up a European one while we're on the plates? I was trying to make a European joke but yeah I didn't I couldn't come up with something about European but just enter something funny ha, 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 ha. she's so funny <laughs> you're so witty um
0: so like here it's a big busing place like people are just constantly coming and just taking oh. empty plates off of your table uh-huh. but like in at least in Ireland like that is the rudest thing you can do oh it's sort of the opposite of how we are about starting without everybody having their plates. I'm not saying they don't wait for everyone to have their plates and eat, but like the idea that you would make anyone else at the table feel rushed. Like I'm oh, done, uh-huh. what are you still doing? Uh-huh. So like I know some people who came here and waited tables and they were super confused by that. And then like the managers at restaurants would get annoyed they're with They're like them pick up
1: the pace, bro. Yeah, you
0: need to be bussing. And they're like, I don't always be, be rude bussin'. That's what I always say.
1: Always be busing. Um so. Oh, that's interesting. I think just in general, uh, meal approach is very different culturally. Culturally, culturally. Yeah. like in the U.S., it's it's like almost just a. That's why we have fast Wham, casual bam. restaurants. Thank you, man. yeah.
0: And I, that's why I think I do like dining out or like doing. I don't, I don't do a lot of fine dining, but even if you go to just like, um, I don't know. Uh, Echo in Midtown or Buckhead or something like that. Like they do like pace it a little slower. Um, I don't know why that was the first restaurant to come to mind. But just this idea that like not rushing you through it. Like you're at the Cracker Barrel, like at breakfast Breakfast time time on a a Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Like I just, I don't want to feel like that. Yeah, Um, That
1: makes me really uncomfortable. Uh, Almost as uncomfortable as fine dining. Well, yeah, I get really uncomfortable fine dining. I think Commander's Palace will make you feel very well paced. I don't remember them rushing or going super slow either, but it's excited. very, it'll be very good. You'll enjoy it. And this last one might be relevant for that meal, maybe. Um, buttering your bread. Not like that, Selena. You romanced me today with the picnic, but I'm not talking about buttering that bread. Um, so if you're familiar with etiquette rules, you may be familiar with the rule that you're supposed to butter your bread one bite at a time. Do you know this? I think I've heard that version before, yeah. I think it's the dumbest rule in the whole world. Uh-huh. Um, that just seems so extra. Like, pick it up, butter a tiny piece. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, but apparently that rule persists today in fine dining restaurants. But according to experts, it's not relevant in casual dining restaurants. So you can butter your bread you all at one time. You just r- just sop it through the whole dish. That's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just lick the butter up and then lick it back on my bread. Pretty much sounds like me at home. So I'm going to stop there. Uh, Hopefully, though, you've got a nice fine dining restaurant in your future. So hopefully this makes you feel more better prepared. You're going to remember to have your menu touching the table. Touching the table. Just the tip. Butter
0: my bread one bite at a time. Just the tip. Uh, And don't say that. Don't say that, especially to the server. That will be very offensive to them.
1: Did you have other strays since I interrupted our stray category? That was perfect timing. Oh, okay, good. So speaking of things we liked, (laughs) like eating out in restaurants, what did you like, Selena? Well, well, reading this back looks, and
0: paired with that is going to sound really weird, but the scene where Suzanne accidentally drinks Charlene's breast
1: milk. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) poor Suzanne.
0: From her reaction to pretending like she didn't do it until, like, she... Like, just the sheer look on her face... I I just, I don't know. Part of it is like what makes something funny is being able to identify it. And I think most of us have been in a situation, maybe not that specific situation, Mm -hmm. but a situation where something dawns on us (laughs) that is just like where you feel like your blood pool around your ankles, you know? Oh, yeah. And so that look that she does is so pitch perfect. And then when she leaves the room and she, I would never do that. What do you think? I am some kind of pervert. (laughs) Pervert. And it just starts spinning everywhere.
1: is just it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I actually enjoyed the plumber's crack runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said this at the top. I I appreciated that it was so deeply appreciated by someone that it made it into the episode description that we talked about at the top of the episode. Yeah, they really they made the most it all the way through. They made the most of that one, yeah. and I appreciated even that. even
0: the episodes button.
1: I, right. I also really appreciated the tension between Suzanne and Vanessa. This is not the first time we've seen this because we saw it in episode 13 as well. But Suzanne getting so uptight over her, basically her relationship with Anthony coming into, and I think we saw it in the Lita episode too, sure. coming into question with a new girlfriend. I really liked that. I think I've told you, and
0: maybe here, I, I, I can't remember, but like that I have watched, maybe it was there three reunion or something. And it was like the first time all of the men had been back together again. And in the interview, <laughs> uh, Delta Burke is talking um, with Meshack Taylor. And basically they're having a conversation about how LBT had said if the show had gone on longer, she would have married them off. Like, That was down the line. That would have made me very happy. So I feel like when you look at that being in the far down path, it kind of makes some of this old, like some of the stuff that we're seeing now, you're like, oh, I mean, they're in love. Right.
1: (laughs) They're just in love. Yes. I think it's much more on the nose than uh, your question to me during the Steel Magnolias episode about Drum and Weezer.
0: Who are also in love. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I mean, they're not in love. They just... They're just they're just hot for each other. It's so weird. I um I really liked just F- Vanessa. I I don't mean to keep saying it, but like um and I'll talk a little. Actually, I'll just go ahead and say it now. I think it was going to be one of the. I had it later in my notes. It doesn't matter. Um, I just think that sometimes a show needs a breath of fresh air, and that's what she feels like.
1: I will say they and I had this in Strays, so it doesn't matter where it is. But the quickie to quiche thing—that's like the Let's fourth times fourth time we've gotten that joke yeah same with a bidet we've gotten a lot of jokes about bidets
0: yeah i mean and i think when it's but it is a callback because charlie makes the she tells that same story in the beginning which like even like that's an interesting device to use and i do like callbacks because they're like it's nice for them to like have some kind of threading through the show instead of it just feels so episodic all the time like there's no connective tissue um and you could argue that that feels true to real life, right? You meet somebody new, you tell them your best stories. Uh, but I also just was going to say that I really like Vanessa and Anthony together a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just because I don't think him and uh, Lita have any, any chemistry. <laughs> yeah, just like zero. And I love that Suzanne turned in Charlene's nanny and then doubled down on it after they confronted her. <laughs> so Extra. She's just, she's real committed. She's like, okay, Roberta.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have anything I didn't like in this episode.
0: It felt like a a little bit of a pacing thing for me. Like we, we wrapped up the Anthony, Lita, Vanessa. It's like a little bit of a love triangle. And it just like, I think it happened too fast. Mm they dropped a couple of hints that maybe he really liked her the most, but it, I didn't feel like it was enough. So when he admits that he likes her, like it just felt like it was like not entirely earned. That's a good point. Like, it's fine. It's a 1990 sitcom. Right. You know, I will go on. I just felt like, especially hmm, there's so many times where we have these bottleneck episodes because there's 28 episodes this season. Mm-hmm. And it's like, That's one, give that sucker some room to breathe.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that one could have spread over the next episode um, where we could, like, because what we basically got was in maybe 10 minutes time, he realized that her dressed up like an upper class Lita type wasn't what he wanted. And that was enough for him to realize that he wanted Vanessa just the way she was. Like, he didn't have time to kind of process any of that i think that's a great read i didn't even understand what happened oh yeah it happened really fast it was like whiplash
0: yeah i mean okay you'll do
1: right Mm -hmm.
0: you mean (laughs) one could read it that she dressed up like suzanne and then he admitted i love true
1: this is true uh well what about a rating my rating scale was below the equator pants love it I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Mm-hmm. So I don't have much bad to say about this episode. In fact, I had nothing. That said, like, it wasn't one of the greatest episodes. Like, I probably wouldn't be too excited to watch it again.
0: Yeah. Um, it, like, I gave it a 4 out of 5 public flossers. I, I just, I, like, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, and this is this is where I was, I mentioned it before, but I'll say it again. One of the reasons I think I rated it higher is just because, like, Sometimes shows need some new blood. Vanessa brings that to the table. And I think that's helpful. Mm -hmm. So one thing I will say, though, is like I really would have, even if it wasn't a montage situation, I would have liked to have had more time with Vanessa and Suzanne. Because I think we have good chemistry together. And I would like to see them play off each other a little bit more.
1: That would have been an interesting story, and I feel like I'm trying to remember there's a, a, at least one movie, probably a couple of romantic comedy-type movies, and I think I'm thinking Julia Roberts' Best Friend's Wedding, where uh, she's in love with this man who's getting re- ready to marry another woman, and then she has a lot of one-to-one time with the other woman, and it's just an interesting dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it's just an interesting dynamic. Yeah because there's like she turns out that she really likes Cameron Diaz's character um but still like she's in love with her best friend and she doesn't want her to be the one that marries him so there's like this subtle like almost trying to ruin her but also she kind of likes her and she doesn't want to and I just think that's well, an she's interesting in the movie mm-hmm. that's a
0: great movie um so I'm like sitting here having a million thoughts I'm gonna be
1: Very quiet. (laughs) Well, the only reason I bring it up, Selena Uh could bring it back in, rein you back in. The only reason I bring it up is just because that's what, when you said that, that's this kind of storyline that came to mind for me. And if Suzanne has such strong feelings for Anthony, I could see this storyline playing out very similarly because she and Vanessa also have really great chemistry together. Mm -hmm. So it would have been a really interesting storytelling process. Yeah,
0: We needed it. I think what I would have done is I probably would have... Ended it, like, after they got together and she, like, showed her the ropes of being Suzanne. Mm-hmm. And then the big reveal of her would have been in the second episode. And give Anthony's like, a, a, a full scene to go explore his feelings or something.
1: They would have needed to do a little bit more with Vanessa in that case. Because I thought the big reveal right. in this episode was super disappointing. I was like, <laughs> Huh okay that's what we're gonna do but it's because they only did it in like a minute so yeah. yeah like
0: let us let us uh dine out a little bit yeah. so what are you gonna do all right what about rewrite the series <laughs> no problem what about 90s things
1: i think charlene calling breast milk mother's milk felt very oh I 90s yeah. 80s i don't know she kept calling it mother's 1790s. milk and it made me very uncomfortable <laughs>
0: How do you think she felt?
1: Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. But I think, but I do think that's how they talked about it in the like 70s, 80s, 90s. So she probably felt great about it. It hits my ear differently now because it's been so long.
0: Mother's milk. I'm trying to decide whether to ask you an uncomfortable question or not. Uh oh. Did you ever accidentally taste breast milk? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Does it taste like cow's milk? Yeah. Does it taste more like rice milk? It's just that's it's not like I want it yeah but I want to know how everything tastes it's just yeah.
1: my DNA so. yeah it's it's a body liquid and
0: well when you describe it like that's what it is it makes it less appealing that's what it is
1: uh the whole discussion at the beginning about cl- plumbers crack without calling it that I've said multiple times I thought that was really funny I also think that's a really universal experience um having seen that at one point in time or another mm-hmm. but I was wondering why they didn't just call it plumbers crack So I think this is where you'll see the distinction between you and me, Um, because you looked up Newton's, that's not what they're called, the um, nutria in the last episode. I took one look at that page and i was like, yeah, that seems boring. I'm not going to look that up. But I looked up plumber's crack in the origin (laughs) of that phrase. Uh, so according to dictionary.com the term became widespread later in the 90s and the first few references were just a couple years after this episode aired in like 1992, 1993. Oh. So it just wasn't really a term oh. when this episode was made. It was certainly a cultural phenomenon apparently yeah. but not a widespread term.
0: That's kind of weird to think about like somebody has to name the puppy you know.
1: <laughs> Correct uh and then the last thing i wanted to mention in this category was just an encyclopedia britannica because anthony mentioned that early in the episode mm-hmm. this is the world's oldest continuously published encyclopedia did you know that in 2012 after 244 years they ended the print edition with th- the 32 volumes of the 2010 encyclopedia being the last to be printed in traditional hardbound i'm gonna tell you i think i did know that at that point in time uh Printed sales only represented about one percent of their business. Not wild. Yeah, my grandmother had a whole encyclopedia Absolutely. section. Of course, that's amazing.
0: I, it is. It does feel very of that era. I mean, even like in Friends, where the uh, encyclopedia salesman top by and oh. it's Penn and Teller, one of them. It sounds and vaguely and familiar. And he can only like afford the G the or G, something, yeah. and
1: so he's learning like every G word or. I mean, I mean it every
0: was, M word or something. I don't know.
1: I can't tell if it speaks to summertime boredness or this is the kind of person I am. But yeah, I used to go grab one and just sit on the couch and get pictures and yeah, learn about things like plumber's crack.
0: It's important to learn. It's important to learn.
1: It's important to learn. It's a good 90s reference.
0: Uh, did you have any other 90s references? My no, only ma'am. other one was like, Mary Joe kind of alludes to America's crack problem. Oh, I wasn't going to go down that entire, entire road, but that is a '90s thing because it happened across a lot of the '80s, but then trickled into like the beginning part of the '90s. We don't have
1: to go down that public health route. It's fine. Southern things. Uh, Suzanne calling the woman at the other table in the restaurant a goober. Ah, it means an unsophisticated or goofy person. Yeah. Have we talked about this before? maybe okay i will say that the word goober when i looked it up has roots in like west african um in one of the west african dialects and it was brought here to the american south by slaves and so goober is like a term, like in the andy Griffiths show which is like the most southern show of all time um there was a character goober called goober yeah so i just i wanted to mention it because i think it is a southern term interesting okay. uh and then julia said se- or it's it's a term we use in the South, I'll say. Uh, Julia said, When a woman gets a man to cussin'? She sounded very southern in that whole When a woman gets a man to cussin', then that's a when we know he's in a lovin'. <laughs> no, no, there's something very southern about the way she delivered it. <laughs> yes, Fair enough. No, yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: had Charlene says, Looks like you've been shot out of the saddle. <laughs> Referring to Suzanne. Losing her man. Or the person that runs all her errands, however you want to look at it. Her man. Her
1: man. That's what they're for, right? What about references we need to talk about? We don't need to talk about it, but I'm going to mention Anita Bryant one yeah, more we time. We don't need to do any of this. <laughs> no. Well, we specifically don't need to talk about this one because we've already talked about her right, in season one, that. episode 14. Just as a reminder for folks, she was a singer, a former beauty pageant queen, and a very strong anti-gay advocate. Yeah.
0: That's accurate.
1: Um, I had the
0: Sports Illustrated workout just because Lita comes in and she's like, I'm running. I feel great. I've been running five miles every morning. I do the Sports Illustrated workout twice a day. First of all, that's like three hours of workout a day, just uh-huh. to be clear. Uh-huh. But I, she said it so specifically that I was like, okay, is what this, is this the like sports a Illustrated workout? workout? Yeah. And so I think I found it. In December of 89, I found an article where they were talking about the Sports Illustrated Super Shape Up program. It was a series of three 50-minute videos. This is how I know that she was doing it three hours a day.
1: Two of those sessions, plus she can probably run
0: five miles faster
1: than an hour. Yeah, it takes me a long time to run five miles. Um, it takes me a lot longer than it does you. Uh, I don't know. I don't run anymore. Very slow runner.
0: Um, but... Uh, Anyways, that's here nor there about my mathing, Um, but uh, stretch and strengthen with Elle McPherson, body sculpting with Rachel Hunter, and aerobic interval training with Cheryl Teagues. So just like also very of that time, right? Uh, It's like really quite a little. I feel awful about myself watching that. Yeah, I mean, were women buying that, or were men buying that, Mm -hmm. or or just anybody who wants to look at half naked clad model bodies anyways i think that's basically even the article i read was like alluding to that mm. essentially so yay bully bays Booya bees. that's what i said <laughs> bully bays bully booley. what uh, did she call it uh, i speak french <laughs> <laughs> yeah what did she call it i thought i feel like she said another word she did but like Um, Like a real word. It wasn't just a mispronunciation. Um, That doesn't matter. My point was, is that I was surprised that she ordered that in a Portuguese restaurant because it's French. Um, So that shocked me. Not that, you know, you can't
1: cuisine Mix and mingle.
0: Yeah, I was just surprised they didn't pick something more Portuguese-y.
1: I'm always a little bit nervous about commenting on things like that because... Not I, me, I'm
0: going in with two feet. I well, also looked it up first.
1: Okay, well, there you yeah. go. I didn't look it up. and um, Because I was afraid I'd get stuck in some kind of weird like world history yeah. vortex where it turns out the French invaded Portugal Surely. in the 1830s and Booyabees was the only thing to survive. Let me
0: tell you something. I can't help what Napoleon did or
1: didn't do. <laughs> right. I'll just have to go see
0: Joaquin Phoenix, play him later this year. That'll be my that'll be my understanding of the Napoleonic Wars. Um, yeah, no, I looked it up. I mean, it's a traditional provincial fish soup um, originating in the port city of Marseille. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I was like going off Versailles. I was like, I see two
1: ales. Versailles. <laughs> Marseilles, right? Okay.
0: Ah, uh, do you have any other references? I don't. I just had Exxon Valdez. That was my very last one. I just wonder if people like, I mean, I know people our age know, but if like, because there have been worse oil spills since then, it was an oil spill in 89. It was really bad. 11 million gallons of crude oil in Alaska. Um, Yeah. So the article I read was from 2019. Cause it, it covered like 1300 miles of coastline. And the, in 2019, like, they were still finding pockets of crude oil in some locations. It's nuts. That's terrible. It's really terrible. So I just wanted to end it on a banger. Thanks for that. A day brightener, if you will.
1: I was, affra- I was afraid to go there because it seemed really depressing. Why well, didn't mention the animals? That's why they have the Dawn Dish Soap oil spill commercials now. I love those commercials. I love to see them saving the animals. It's nice. Anyhow. <laughs> Next up, Speaking of animals, next episode, season four, episode 19, Pain Grows Up. You know, young boys, animals, whatnot. Uh, we'd love everyone to follow along with us, and Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, TikTok at Sweet Tea TV Pod, email SweetTeaTVPod at gmail.com, and our website is www.SweetTeaTV.com. And on that website, you can find ways to support the show uh, from the Support Us page. You can also rate and or review the podcast wherever you listen. And come back Thursday for Extra Sugar, where we're going to talk about
0: busting up some Southern women tropes and stereotypes. Well, there you go. Or we'll just talk about Southern women. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what that means, Nikki. What does it mean, Selena? It means we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye.